0: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome to the music lab podcast my name is dog and i am so excited to be here with uncle Kunkel's one gram band how we doing guys what's up dog yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome.
1: Hey, thanks for having us
0: man not a bad t- way to spend a tuesday huh no not at all
1: that's right <laughs>
0: So ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, do all that fun stuff for our YouTube channel, our social media pages. Don't forget also to check out our sponsor, RAR Outfitters. That's R-A-W-R, outfitters.com for all your clothing needs, especially in January, almost February. It is cold. So Guys, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I know you guys have a meeting later, which uh, is is sounds important, so we'll uh, get this out of the way as quick as possible. The name, Uncle Kunkel's One Gram Band. What the hell? Like, where did this come from? <laughs> um, I don't
2: know. I'll probably let Wyatt answer most of this because he seems to have the best memory on it. But Jake's last name is Kunkel. It's, yeah. a funky, it's a funky, funky, fresh last name. Funkle, Funkle, and, uh, and Wyatt's last name is Graham, spelled differently, but uh, it's a little play on words, and uh, and it's just like a long, silly name that like we kind of derive from other bands with long, silly names like Pigeons yeah, yeah. Playing Ping Pong or King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. It kind of has a silly ring like that, and we liked that. Right. Yeah. As for the I origin. Why you go ahead?
1: Yeah, I know that the that the initial um person to come up with that is is a, is a good friend of ours. Uh, uh his name's Matt, and he, I, we just Jake and I were in a band with him um years years back, and he always just kind of had that name in his back pocket and didn't know mm-hmm. what we were gonna use it for. So then once we went to Salisbury and we uh, met up with Luke, and we sort of formed this new project. I mean, we were just going through. The book list the list of things we could do. I just I just remembered back to what Matt told me, and I was like, oh, hey, Uncle Congo's one grand band. And then I I remember at first we kind of laughed and thought it was funny. We're like, nah, nah, no. And then over time, we're like, well, I guess I guess that's what we're gonna go by. And um, and it's and it's also funny too because Jake's brother, uh, his name's Walsh, and he's he's his he kind of goes by Uncle Uncle. The original. For the longest time, we sort of piggybacked on that or stole it or I don't know but he's always he, been he's always been with, with us along the way
3: and with it and he's an incredible know. uh jazz guitarist and
2: oh yeah and, yeah so Wash Kunkel man it's, it's cool. Kunkel, yeah. he goes
3: my uncle Kunkel on Instagram so it's cool to see kind of like those those scenes merge a little bit when you get someone coming to one of our shows and they're like whoa uncle conkle what the hell this isn't the Uncle Kunkel I know
4: yeah
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah because I, messing I, with the
0: seo is pretty
1: hard and i have a lot of people come Compliant. up to us and be like oh like is your is your bandmate like walsh and i was like no it's it's jake but, close like, do you even know that there's like another uncle conkle and i'm like yeah i mean like you know pretty well
2: <laughs> <laughs> but now now with this name almost everywhere we go we meet a conkle and sometimes they're Jake's cousins, yeah. just being on the East Coast. But then, like I don't know, like randomly, uh, our management company—the guy's name is Kunkel. Like random stuff like that. Um, yeah, and- so it kind of it's followed us. But it started because Wyatt remembered it, blurted it out, and it was kind of a joke, but it stuck. Uh,
3: yeah. And it's memorable, think-
2: you know, like good name or bad name, it's memorable.
5: Yeah, I think the we kind of used it as like a like a placeholder name. When we were in Salisbury, like, oh, we got to be called something. Like, let's just yeah, we're go gonna out. change one it. One grand <laughs> band, yeah, <laughs> yeah, one grand band, and then we'll we'll figure out a better name some other day. And you know, they never came, and we just kept
0: it. Crazy. So, so do you remember your first gig? Like when you said to the like venue, "We're Uncle Gungo's One Grand Band." Did Did the venue or did that, like, you know, contact kind of question you as well? Or were they like, oh, okay, cool. Sounds good.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It probably wasn't until recent that people started, venue started spelling it correctly. (laughs) um, It was a lot of, like, spell checking for the venue. But, like, I remember, like, our first real college gig was at this place called Hopper's Tap House in Salisbury, um, which had this cool pavilion area with a stage. But, like, we walked in. With our instruments and we had we had lots of friends in college and it was like a small school so we had about like 300 people come out to this bar for this show and it was like the first paid you know uncle kunkle show that wasn't in a backyard or a basement and people were chanting you know like one grand band and so we were like oh wow like it's really caught on we'll keep it at that point yeah the one grand band chant i remember yeah, that's maybe. what i was like okay maybe it'll stick
0: Right. So let's talk about Salisbury, because I got accepted there. I almost mm-hmm. went there. Um, and I ended up, like I was telling you guys, I lived in Ocean City, Maryland for seven years. So for people who are not familiar mm-hmm. with the eastern shore, as we call it, um, Ocean City is about a 30-minute, 30 35-minute direct west from uh, Salisbury on Route 50, which then takes you into Baltimore Rail. Into Annapolis which then directly into Baltimore but yeah so uh Salisbury yeah talk about like obviously you know playing those shows while you're in school you know how you guys kind of like came about as a band and like you know what direction did you want to you know was your music like what direction was your music like when you guys started
1: yeah I I think we had a definitely we had. um we got lucky, I think, just kind of forming in Salisbury and just having um, having just like a young crowd sort of at our fingertips, able to, like, you know, uh, come out and support us. But, yeah, I think I think our, our, our vision at first was we just we just wanted to we were just, you know, in college and freshmen and just wanted to have fun. And I think it sort of started off with we all knew, you know, the, the, the instruments at hand that we knew and we wanted to. I don't know if we wanted to form a band to take it as far as we are taking it now, or if we just wanted to just play a couple day parties and have people come out for the free booze and not for us. And then all of a sudden, like, because of that, it, you know, it sort of took off a little bit more quicker than, than we hoped because kids were coming out for, you know, to, party, to, to have fun, to, to just to just live, like, the college life. And having a band, uh, you know, to play for them was just kind of an was just kind of an extra for all of them. But then through that, we gained a lot of, you know, we gained a lot of um, friends and fans, I guess. And, and we just sort of realized, like, oh, like, you know, people are starting to come out not just for the free <laughs> booze anymore. People are starting to come out to actually listen to us. And so I think that's when we decided to have our first, like, paid gig at a, at a bar. It's like, oh, let's actually, like, you know, see if we can make money off of this, see if we can – do some things with it. But I think being at Salisbury definitely gave us an upper hand with just our, our desire to play and just our motivation to play because we realized that, you know, we're not just, we're not just trying to get these bar gigs where people, you know, a couple a handful of people come out, not even for you, just to have, just to go out to the bar and have some drinks. But like, we were actually playing for like kids our age, like peers who like our friends, you know, that went to, went to school with us. I wanted to come out and listen to us not just, you know, just for the college scene. And um, so I think just h- having our upbringing and college life kind of go hand in hand really definitely um, helped us and helped push not just like our sound, but like also like our motivation to keep on doing it, keep on playing for people, um, especially like kids that are our age and kids that, you know, come from the same. I mean, you know, Salisbury's all – a lot of Maryland kids so once we got out of Salisbury it made it so much easier to go to places like DC or Baltimore or you know Bel Air and find kids that didn't even know us from before Salisbury but knew us from the band and knew us from listening to us at like you know the hoppers or these house parties or these day parties and so it's definitely like not helped us you know get started but it's definitely helped us even now where we're seeing kids from college that we never even met come up to us and hey i saw your show or hey like i remember you from college and yeah it's definitely been it's it's definitely been a, um a blessing for us i think having salisbury
2: tacking on to like what you asked about like the direction of where we were at like we were just some kids who like we liked blues music and funky music and like you know which turns into loving jam music like Wyatt showed me a lot of the jam music stuff but like we got to live together for like most of the college years and like practice in the same house and stuff and really like we were just playing, you know, Hendrix hits and Stevie Ray Vaughan and Sabbath and Zeppelin and whatever we wanted but then we were jamming and like doing, you know, longer improvised sections and people were like kind of weirded out that we didn't sing that much and we were really just like doing improv stuff which turned into like slipping originals in which turned into like playing whole sets of originals and now like all of our friends kind of know the lyrics and stuff and kind of keeping the snowball rolling like that.
1: Yeah. We, we were doing some funky covers, I guess. I, I remember the first cover we ever played together that like we actually sounded good. I remember it was, um, I think it was, it was that play Bob. That song. Uh, was, wait, wait, which one Jake?
5: I was saying play that funky music white boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well that, that, <laughs> one, that was one
1: of the
2: first ones where was... we,
1: I remember we were in the Nancoke dorm freshman year and we I thought did... it was like
2: bad fish or something.
1: No, no, it was um it was a Marley, it was uh what was that what was that Bob Marley song? Um
2: Oh jamming.
1: Jamming. <laughs> oh in... god.
2: The vibe want... was decided <laughs> that day that we were jamming in the name of the Lord.
1: <laughs> and I remember I remember we were in we were in the cabin on like these like I remember we had a, a, a an electric drum kit that came with like the with the dorm, and then mm-hmm. we had an acoustic guitar, and then like I don't even know if I had a bass or if I was just playing a, another acoustic guitar, but we were doing jam, and then we're like, oh, we got to take a video of this, and like at the time it was, she sounded so good, and then now I listen back to that video, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> makes sense. Those <laughs> <laughs> we ever <laughs> we ever had together, but I remember that I remember that song for me at least sparked like oh like we can. We can do this, you know. Like we're doing reggae beats, and we haven't even—we're <laughs> only eighteen. Never played together before. I don't know, but yeah, that you know, was funny. Yeah, and so I think was, kind of going along. With,
5: I think kind of going along with that too. It was uh, like when we first started playing, and like especially playing live. Like we first started out, like you know, just kind of practicing together, and whatnot, and like it was kind of one of our first times, like being able to play in a band with. You know, we'd all have known how to play an instrument, but we never really played with other people and you get like that kind of
1: speak for yourself connection
0: Uh, yeah
1: but uh but um, uh i think i think just the improvement that we've all had just just since that first practice in that dorm room doing doing jamming and doing like black sabbath covers like i think we all have grown so much and it's it, it is kind of funny to think back to like some of those recordings Jake, I think, and like a lot of
2: a lot of college kids just listening to the doors. (laughs) um, That's what a lot of it was was smoking a lot of pot and listening to the doors over and over again. And Pink Floyd's animals.
0: For real. Yeah, I remember I remember in college when I got into the doors as well. And like when the first time you listen to the end, like it's just it'll blow your mind. (laughs)
2: Oh yeah, so they get them absolutely yeah. By your mind,
0: and it's the last song of the album, so that's what it, that's what they leave you with, which is just the beauty of that band, you know. But so, what were your each individually favorite cover? Like, what was your favorite cover to play um, when you guys were starting out, just doing covers? It would vary. It would vary by each of us. I, I, I would
2: say mine. Okay. Was, what do you I, I, say?
1: Um, some 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 blues. Yours is like a Jimi Hendrix song, Luke. I know. Yeah,
2: dude. Mine was Hey Joe. I loved doing Hey Joe, and the guys hated it because it's like you know five chords the whole like, time. But I, it's a I great remember. Tube. I remember. I loved playing a uh, first tube. Oh yeah, you
5: know, we we, we played it pretty early. I feel like, which definitely sounded more on the sloppy side. But I remember, I just loved,
2: loved playing yeah, that. That was one because like people didn't really know. Things. Yeah, no one knew. No like one knew it was. Was like, what the fuck is this. Oh, sorry. Can we curse on this? I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I remember. I remember we covered the Drake and Josh theme song at our first.
2: Oh, yeah. At our yes. very show. one time, <laughs> people love that. I was very and, against it,
1: and I loved it. I was like, because yeah. I, I used to watch Drake and Josh. You know, I'm sure we all did as a kid. And I remember, I don't even know what. Pick? I don't know why we thought of that. I think that was a good way of like establishing us as like a as like a as like a a, a band let's do at a party you know because it's like that's definitely not a song that you, <laughs> and, you know you would be playing anywhere besides in a party setting and i we remember
2: that to, remember
1: playing that and be like oh this is so much fun i was i don't know that we used to
2: good. do like some sublime tunes and anytime we did sublime uh we would switch guitar and bass and i'd play bass i <laughs> yeah, would do the bradley thing on guitar that was a good time
0: So um, I I want you guys to individually kind of tell me the impact that these three gentlemen have had on your career so far as musicians. Sam Cochran, Jeff Roden, and Will Gibbons. And Jake, why don't you start?
3: We can add Groovy into that too. And Groovy, sure. And Groovy. Oh, man.
5: Yeah, I think, honestly, I think think all of them just kind of brought us into a whole – different world of music community you know they made us not only one like improved you know just our physical playing ability you know made it gave us the motivation to to work harder and play you know practice more you know just have more like interest in it and everything like that but I think also to the they introduced us to a community that was you know just so inviting and it was we kind of been a part of a different community in Salisbury, you know, where we, you know, but it was... I feel like, you know, the, the scene in Baltimore that we have right now is so much different than what we had and so much more inviting and personal. And it's not just about the music, you know. They're all fantastic people, you know. I, even if we weren't playing music, sure, you know, we'd have a great relationship and everything like that. But I don't know, they just... I think they just helped establish that sense of community at least for me you know of being able to play and feel comfortable and everything
2: but yeah dude and like we were talking about i think before we even started recording you mentioned like going from playing covers to playing originals and clubs or you know like making that jump from bar band to club band or something and like we owe that a lot of that to like sam cochran who like you can easily just stay in the bar circuit and like that's i mean that's where you're born but like ran, randomly we were blessed enough to have sam just be like hey man like i know you guys are mostly on the eastern shore right now but come over and play the eight by ten and open up for my band um and that kind of like helped put us on the map and made us realize that so many kids from salisbury are from baltimore and like it just lines up perfectly and then we get jeff because now we're playing these bigger rooms and we kind of need some more sound. Uh, The Power Trio thing can go a long way, but you have to be a pretty good cat to to hold down a Power Trio for four hours a night or something, you know? So uh, having Jeff, like, completely boosted our sound. And then our friends that were already coming were like, wow, now you got keys. You guys sound freaking crazy. Uh, And then I think, like, you know, a handful of months later, we get Groovy on the kit. We're doing two drummers. And uh, and now we're a five-piece with, like, a booming sound. Um, so it's been, like, a pretty fast, expedited jump. But, like, we've been in a process of kind of, like, we've been playing these songs for a long time, and now, like, we have Jeff to teach them to, and now Jeff knows them, and now we have Groovy to teach them to. And so, like, it's been a cool process of, like, watching everything grow as the band grows, too. Mm-hmm. And also, real quick, just to throw in there, like, I think when
5: I, too, think of, you know, everybody individually, like, without any of them i don't think we would be at all where we are right now you know every single one of them whether it was getting us into the you know introduced into the scene like sam or will you know like just need to talk about yeah, will yeah really how much how much will does because he is the unsung hero of the band you know just yeah, how much will effort really and time is. he puts into everything um and then you know just i think it was just what we needed and i, and I don't and I think you know, without everybody, we there is a possibility. You know, me, me, Luke, and Wyatt are still playing. You know, at a at a bar, or whatever, doing you know anything. But I think the the level that we're doing it at, and you know how much space we have to still go from there, I think is you know can be mainly go towards you know Matt, Gruby, and or Gruby and Jeff and Will, and I like everybody and all the work they've
2: done. Yeah, it, 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 freaking Will Gibbons, man uh he's the only manager i've ever had (laughs) but he's he's fantastic at what he He, does he's a workhorse i don't know i don't know how he heard about us or got interest in us like and, and it also comes from like once we brought jeff in we all of a sudden had this like uh this generational mix where he's like a couple years older than us and so is will and so like we have like young people in the scene and some people who have been in the scene for a couple years more than us uh now like and it's kind of gelled into like this nice network and team of like uh i don't know like uh, apparently matt and jeff see something in us young guys and like (laughs) something good going and they're they're really helping us you know keep it snowballing and stuff so that's all it's really been
3: you guys had that first eight by ten show i did with you guys you you had this it was like eight o'clock and you had the the whole floor packed out with screaming wild people. And <laughs> it was crazy. I'd never seen that for an opener before. I kind of came out on stage. I was like, I looked around. I was like, what the fuck is this? Who, who are these guys? And then after that, I was sold. I was like, well, if you want me to come back, I'll come back. <laughs> you know, I really wanted to come back. Um
2: Which we were stoked on because it's hard to find a keyboard player who'll stick around. Right? Right. You know? Like, yeah. we well,
3: and- like, i
1: remember we were offering more money than what we probably should have because we were like yeah like we don't like we just want to give you all this, like like we just want to like like let you know we appreciate it so much and like you know like like we wish you we, we you could come back and play again but like here take all this money and he's like well like i don't want to take all that because i i want to come back and do more we're like you want to
3: do more <laughs> <laughs> yeah i gave up i gave up the money you know it, it'd be one thing if like I was a hired gun for you guys, but you know, I wanted to, I wanted to get in.
2: And that's what I mean. It's easy to find a hired guy, but it's not easy to find like a bearded madman who's down, who's down for the cause, and gets it.
1: We didn't know, we didn't know that Jeff wanted to stick with us. Like here, just like take, a, like take his money. Like we don't know how much to pay you, but like here, you go. And he's like, oh, I want to be around for this. Like, we, like that's awesome. That's, what, that's exactly what we want.
3: <laughs> well, I think it was a few months after that we did another. Maybe it was like the end of the summer. We did another 8 by 10 and Will came and he approached me in like November or October. He's like, hey man, I really want to start managing bands. Do you think the boys would be interested in a manager? And I was like, "I I don't know. I didn't really know like where they wanted to take it or what was going on. I was just having fun playing. So we made the handshake and it's been kumbaya ever since
2: been awesome man it's uh he's such a help and like he's also such a good person and is so vibrant and nice to people like uh i don't know it's like and it's nice that he's a friend of ours uh and is like a person of the scene as opposed to like this manager who you never see and it it is maybe like a a dick or something you know like will bring us on will's just a nice dude and like everybody who i meet is like oh yeah man i know will i love will you know so everybody know. Does, I, we're blessed to have like such a good character on our side
0: um yeah so is there anything that you can think of like just off the top of your head that he's taught you guys like as a band or as like it was as people individually
1: well for what i was going to say that well jeff groovy did was i was going to say that they taught me how to <laughs> be a <little> more professional <laughs> and act a little bit more like because my- <laughs> I'm sort of I'm sort of a, a man child, <laughs> and a little I can be a little uh, obnoxious in, in in ways. And I think that uh, self
2: aware man child that
1: is <laughs> yeah. <I'm>
3: still,
1: yeah. <laughs> I've gotten that far, but I think You're making steps,
3: it, making big long strides.
1: Oh well, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm or baby steps in order to get to where I'm supposed to be. I don't know, but I think they definitely I think they've definitely. Uh, Definitely have made me act, um, just act a little more professional, and just and just see a little bit more of like how you know, just because we, Luke, Jake, and I came from college and we we were sort of just broke, college struggling college students, and we were introduced to like you know the real world, and it was a little frightening, and especially with you know th- with music, which is something that we had to sort of discover ourselves and like in, in terms of like being like doing it professionally and and now that we have sort of now that we have jeff and groby and will it's definitely like it's definitely given us a something to look towards and something to sort of use to like um you know allow ourselves to grow and we're you know we would to look up to them and and i mean i, I look up to i mean to all three of them and I don't um, look
3: up to jeff well, ha- they all look up, have to look up to them. They, they yeah, all look taller.
1: up to <laughs> <laughs> But still, you know, it's just it's just it's just helped to to be able to, you know, have have them sort of guide us and um, help help us individually grow as like professionals. And um, that's definitely one thing that I've needed. Uh,
2: and and the, AV, the AV chops on these guys are. Oh, awesome. yeah. It's very I, nice having I them just in the learn,
1: I just learned what those two what those two letters mean not too long ago. And, uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not the man to, to ask about that, but they are. And that's you know, that's 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 helped more than, than you know, just Groovy, just with you bringing these cameras in. I mean, that's been
3: I'm like so, wow. Yeah, so let me let me let me run it back. grooby Groovy and I do uh commercial A V install in the real world, I guess. Um and We've been building the studio for the past what five six years or something.
4: Yeah, I guess you could say that for sure.
3: Yeah. Um, so with that, we've got. I've like we've been introducing the boys to like recording and how to do all that DIY, and then Will's brought in this dome. It's just incredible. It's like what thirty foot? I, I can't I think remember twenty five. Twenty five. Or- it's massive dome. We shoot projectors up into it. And then we bring our a stage really and build it inside it. So that's that's been the, the current hurdle is is getting these guys to run cables and mix sound.
2: I can run a cable. Yeah, we can run cables. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all learning all the time. The
0: yeah. So you there would are record time. would you record from that space then or would you like that's what we're doing
4: yeah Yeah, that's what we're doing right now
0: well the Uh, dome or the studio the dome that's what i'm talking about yeah
4: Uh, depends on what board is there who's it depends on yeah the the mixer like at the studio we have our own mixing board and um we do our recordings there this new album that we're working or singles however it comes out that we're working on the recordings now (laughs) we're recording them in our own studio which is really nice and that's a whole process everyone learning the board learning ins and outs that's like a whole nother skill to have besides the music and it's cool that those guys have picked up pretty well on that i'm you know i don't expect anybody to learn that kind of stuff that's not really our job as a musician you know we just want to focus on the music and the creativity but uh it's been neat having that other you know side to to add to it
0: that's awesome well and and in any way you know because touring has become so expensive for bands like you know, recording has obviously become more expensive. So if you can cut out one of those costs, the touring one is kind of inevitable. If you, you know, it's just the cost of living, but if you can kind of cut out that cost from the recording side, I mean, you guys really are in a good position. We'll, uh,
3: we'll let you be the judge of it when it comes out.
0: <laughs> the idea is to get like a good DIY
2: process going, like with our own means and capabilities so that like uh, putting out music, officially doesn't have to be like cuz we're we're always going to try and put out like soundboards and live stuff uh which is like a huge thing we're trying to capitalize on this year and like getting stuff up on Bandcamp every time we play um but like it would be nice if a studio project didn't have to be this year long like one project i don't know if if we hone in on a DIY thing uh and like figure out our means and capabilities in doing that ourselves it'd be nice to be dropping music at an alarming rate, you know, just, yeah. just putting out whatever we got, you we'll know, we'll get a rhythm time. to it. I think,
3: you know, it's only been like maybe two, three months. Right. But once we find us find a rhythm, um, they'll be coming out.
4: One, one thing I did want to kind of jump in and say that to mention, um, that's been really cool with like having Will a uh, part of the group and with, just with these guys, I know you asked those three, what, we have meant to them but um you know i could go on forever about what uh, these guys have meant to me and you know knowing that we have all these projects we want to do all these ideas that we have all these creative uh projects and album songs everything having will there to kind of hone it in so that we can just focus on the music has been a huge help um and and those guys that these three guys and jeff playing the music itself has, it's like um, re-energized me coming from another band where we don't, we hadn't had a manager. We are finally now uh, another rock band that Jeff and I are in coming from that and doing all that work ourselves has, we've learned a lot from that process. And now coming into this band, I've, a lot of that has been lifted off of my shoulders and I've felt this, this freedom to play again and um it's really re-energized my playing and just my life in general and so i'm very appreciative to even just be in that position so even with all that extra stuff that we're doing it's super cool but just getting to play has been incredible with these guys so just wanted to throw that in there
3: i agree man these these guys gave me a a second lease on music really because it was getting to a point especially the pandemic hit and it was like man i gotta get a job like (laughs) I can't keep doing this, and it was like these guys came along, and picked me up, dusted me off, and said, "No, Jeff, here, come along." It was—it was awesome. I'll be forever grateful.
2: Oh yeah, oh, I love, love it. that. That's cool. You said that a couple times too, but like freaking what you were talking about, Groovy, of like alleviating, like having will to alleviate some of those pressures of like sometimes if you, when you go, after you go through all the logistics and complications of trying to book a gig and get there and the day comes and stuff, like sometimes you don't even want to play. But it's time, it happens, you know, but now, like now that we're not signing emails, uh, sincerely the lead guitarist or something, you know, now that it's not me sending an email or like, so having that whole process taken care of and Will's incredible job at like and Las compass, like at outreach and making sure that we get the stage plot over to them and everything. And, like he really he really takes care of it and uh and yeah like just allows us to do our jobs as musicians uh as opposed to also being you know 10 different things at once okay.
0: yeah he allows you guys to be you you know but that's, right. that's the best part so let's talk about you know you kind of touched on the scene in in salisbury obviously growing up as a band but you know talk about the scene in baltimore you know how how is it with regards to local music how how is it with regards to bars and restaurants um you know do you have to be a cover band you know do, you know what is the scene like in baltimore for indie rock i love love baltimore
3: so much um it's it's the coolest dirtiest city <laughs> i, I think i've had the pleasure of, of living in i've been up and down the east coast but this is like this is it um it's got a huge punk scene, huge indie scene. Uh, the food's awesome. You, you just kind of got to, you know, keep your head on a swivel sometimes, but it's nothing outrageous. It's a city. Um, but yeah, we've got bands like uh, Future Islands that come out, of, came out of Baltimore. Animal Collective came out of Baltimore. Turnstile practices in the studio next to us. It It's, there's so much musical culture coming out of here. It's, it's, it's a happening place. place. <laughs> With the jam scene, we had this awesome scene. It was a little chaotic, but the pandemic hit and it died. It felt like it just died immediately. And then Sam Cochran came along and like almost single handedly rebuilt it. Um, there was like really no shows going on, and he went out there, started Seven Teller, through Teller Fest and i i don't know if it would be the same uh <laughs> if he hadn't been been out there doing that uh, groovy what do you think
4: yeah i i think you're you're hitting a nail on the head there i mean the, the pandemic kind of ruined it for everybody you know I, I think not just the jam scene i think music in general obviously across the globe kind of shut down everything shut down right but baltimore scene just the music scene in general this underground scene on all genres across the board uh is just there's this deep burning like desire to be creative here to just uh to tell your story here whether it's hip-hop rap there's tons of rappers that are coming out of here too um and 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 it took a little bit after the pandemic no one really knew what was going on but Guys like Sam, that you know, and and, there, and there's a bunch that came out and just said, We're going to play anyway, and we're going to, you know, we, we want people to come out. It's, you know, it's safe now. You know, I know everybody's mindset was kind of different and changed because of all that. Obviously, that collective trauma from that is going to do something. But when there's an internal drive and desire for, um, collectiveness and just togetherness and what the music does, especially in the jam scene, that music really is, it just brings people together and, and and it makes you want to come out and, uh, I think Baltimore just in general is like a it's a never give up. It's a never die. you know, never say quit city. They're gonna keep on coming no matter what. It's a blue collar town. And so with the music, it's the same idea. You got guys busking, you know, on the streets, on the sidewalks, outside of bars. You got guys playing inside bars. People, you know, it it's just a beautiful thing and, and it's you've seen it grow again. They've built it back up and it's a, it's beautiful to be a part of and to see it.
3: It's it's cool walking down the street. And, uh, oh, there goes HR from Bad Brains (laughs) walking down the street. or Stavros. Or, (laughs) yes, you walk into Castai and Benzel, the drummer for P-Funk, is there sitting in. It's like... It's all these Porter Jane, yeah. yeah, and he's, and they're
4: down to jam. Yeah. You know, Ben Benzel's like, yeah, hit me up. Let's 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 jam. Like, I'll show you some new fills. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, like this is a dream, and it's just in my backyard. It's right on my sidewalk, and people are so nice. Like, it's it's a real community.
2: And as somebody who's, look, not, look who's not here, say, uh, <laughs> will, as somebody who's not a Baltimore native. Uh, <laughs> i'm from more down south in the dmv just like 45 minutes down and uh like the dc music scene is cool and like i don't think i've penetrated it as much as you know i could have but like there's something about the city of baltimore and particularly the music scene that just like is like jeff and gruby were just talking about very community based and like uh, even I don't know, like when I drive into the city and you see the uh, the stadium in the center of the city and it's lit up purple, and there there is just this like look of like wholeness and connectedness that like DC doesn't really have, you know, like the stadium's super far away, everything's kind of fractal and like wealth kind of neighborhoods and stuff. And like that's where I'm from. I'm from Bethesda, Maryland. So like coming to Baltimore, I think I found a kind of community that I've never had, uh, especially mm-hmm. in music. And so, like, I'm just fascinated by it. And so, like, I love that we have these guys in the band who are taking us into that. Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah, and going along with that, like, whole community aspect, I feel like when you go to shows kind of in the Baltimore scene that are, you know, like, kind of in our genre of jam band-esque, you know, you see, like, usually, like, I feel like half the people that are there are at most shows, you know, like, at the 8 by 10 or wherever. Like, you see the same people out, like, time and time again. So you kind of able to make those
2: small relationships
5: and build them you know from show to show and everything like that so it's kind of well
2: it's like kind of nice
5: little added thing of you know besides just enjoying great music
2: being a face in the crowd is just as important as being on stage um and like going to shows and you know supporting your buddy's show and buying that ticket even though you have no money but like your buddy's playing you want to go support the 8x10 and stuff and like it's super fun having done I would what I would call like our freshman year in Baltimore as a band uh seeing how much love there is like when we walk into our favorite hometown club like the 8x10 and the owner Abigail gives you a big hug and like you know drinks are comped and it's super freaking nice and like uh there's this cool sense of like community and support and it's kind of it kind of reminds me of like comedians going to comedy clubs to like work out and watch other comedians and stuff it's kind of like that and it's really cool
0: it's always nice to get free sprite
2: yes it is i love sprite obey your thirst
3: i want that sponsorship
4: man i still want that sponsorship.
0: <laughs> yeah star you can go shove it
2: <laughs> i've never gotten comp drinks cut that <laughs> <laughs> Don't let that out. <laughs> yeah, so, I definitely have not. So,
0: so you guys touched a little bit on your fans. Let, let's talk about the nieces and nephews and what that means to you guys as a band.
2: It will. The nieces and nephews, man. What is there not to say? The nieces and nephews, I, I guess, are uh, like there are fans, but, but there is like a. Uh, I don't know. There's like a core. There is like a core <laughs> following, like good friends, and just sometimes you know <laughs> we do have like a now like a little core of people that we did not know too long ago who keep coming to shows, and you know now are part of a part of you know our our little family that we have going. And the idea is you know to keep these people coming back or coming to multiple shows a month, you know if they really dig it, uh and it's cool to see. But it was kind of started, I guess, like when we were at Salisbury me wyatt and jake were all in fraternal organizations so like at our disposal we had a good 300 minimum people who would come out and see us um and we never really coined them as nieces and nephews until like probably a year ago it was will yeah was it was a brother created up
0: or they yeah. came up with it yeah yeah so Will. do you guys remember or did you have any shows at university or at Salisbury like did they have any concerts or bands that would come to play at the university? They uh,
2: lit's, right? They had like they had this thing called Goldfest, where they would book like a a pretty big act like one year Mac Miller came to Salisbury and played like on the campus. Yeah. Uh but like I don't know the 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 music scene was kind of hard like that's why we did the backyards and kind of like played until the cops would show up and take the keg it was because There used to be this venue, like, I don't know, we would talk to people downtown and I would say there used to be a venue, but then like, it it was like a DIY venue that kept getting shut down by cops in somebody's garage downtown. Uh, and then there was this place that opened like our junior year called revival. Uh, and it was this cool, it was like a speakeasy, but it was like on the top floor of a building. So it didn't really interfere with like the sound on the ground level and stuff. Uh, and we threw like two or three pretty wild shows there where people were like breaking glasses and standing on top of tables and uh and then two years later, like I think they shut down because I, I don't know. So <laughs> we didn't shut it down, but it got pretty yeah. crazy there, like because it's a college town and college kids, no matter where they go, are gonna act crazy. So Salisbury doesn't have a ton of like live music venues, it's mostly backyards. <laughs> Yeah,
4: experience. Yeah,
1: but I think Salisbury is definitely a place where we established the nieces and nephews, and I think that like the nieces and nephews, like just like just like the people that come out to all the shows are just like so important, so important to 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 just our beginning and just how we you know how how we came up and just they were so important and just our our, our motivation to play and just um just like our desire to play and and also I just they're all just. The, the nieces and nephews are just the most craziest in a good way people that I that I've ever met. I mean there's some of mm-hmm. the just wild fun and kind and caring at the same time people and I remember I remember you know no fights ever out of, ever at our shows but you' have some people walking out of there a little drunk a little you know probably a little too drunk. I remember in Salisbury we used to when we would play bars like Hoppers or brew or other places like that. I remember we would have the managers coming up to us uh, um, afterwards being like, why do your fans get so drunk?
3: That first gig that I did with you guys, I think I might've mentioned this like a week ago or something, but I remember we were playing Susie and this guy was on my Oh, monitor. the guy smacking the, yeah. And he's like on the monitor just, Smacking it and it went out and the monitor went out. And I was like, dude, what what are you doing? Like, this is my home club. This is where I come to get away from the world. And he's just out there smacking on this thing. And that's when I knew you guys had something special.
4: (laughs) By the way, I was uh I was at that show, I'm pretty sure, at the eight by ten. So I was I was a niece and nephew before I was an uncle. Well, it's they, the
2: background. The background of my computer is is the, sh- is the sh- first show we play with Jeff, and Groovy is like in the Groovy's in the crowd, but he's yeah, spotlighted like in, in the crowd. Way. It's pretty cool. By the way,
4: dog, I really like the um Lady Justice in your background. I'm leaving my government building right now, and I see her everywhere.
0: Well, I told them, I said, you know, at one gram, I had to do something with scales, and this was the uh, best thing I could find. Hey, there it is. <laughs> I like that. It's never short you. <laughs> I got to do something. <laughs> so, uh, so guys, I know that you recently played, or you opened up for um, Dogs in a Pile at Union, Union, Union Stage, is that what it's called? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep in dc um talk That's about fun. that experience because i got to meet those guys too back in december um yeah like sh- share that experience with our audience
1: yeah it was great i mean those guys are those guys are really in, the, the the
2: dogs are really? a
1: bunch of guys <laughs>
2: uh, yo groovy can you mute
1: <laughs> and that was the show and that was a show that we were looking forward to actually for 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 a good amount of time just because. We we've all kind of had our individual you know times of crossing paths with with with, uh, with the dogs, boys. But we never um, we never got to play with them or really, uh, you know, play a bill with them. Besides maybe um, at this festival called Ramble um, a couple months ago, it was we were we were together. You know, we just crossed paths with them there. There's was, there's was other festivals that we've sort of crossed paths with them. But, yeah, we were we were, look, we were um, looking forward to it because those guys are definitely um, they're on fire. fire right deal, man yeah, yeah and they're and they're um, you know, they're they're a part of the same the same scene that we're, you know, sort of, you know, trying to trying to, trying to tag along with or, or or tag along with, and um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was it's just it's just good knowing that we are continuing to have the shows where with with the bands that we want and with and in the scene that we, you know, are just trying to stay in, and, um, it's just it and it felt good to have to have people sort of giving us that, that, um, you know, that, that permission of being with, of, you know, I just doing it and, and that was, and I know that was a big show for, for, for union stage. They had that, they had that sh- uh, that show sell out probably a week before it even happened. So it was definitely, um, a good turnout for, for, for both us and, and union. And, you know, it's just, it's just going to further our, our, uh, our experience.
3: I was scared that we might have scared him a little bit. Um, <laughs> we were yeah. uh, backstage before the show and they're, you know, mad professional. They're sitting there ironing out their set list and everything. And I'm like, we got to get this. We got to get pumped up. We got to get this thing going. Let's get it on. So we throw on some go-go music and Gruby and I just kind of started wrestling you know, like oh, yeah. we're not hurting each other. We're just getting, we're just getting just pumped up. Get getting I, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> and, <laughs> we, we hit, we hit. I think it was Brian. You know what, we like rolled, we like, rolled into him, and I just remember him looking down like horrified, and I was like, "Oh fuck, we <laughs> can't." Like, all right, we gotta stop this. <laughs> we we can't be those guys. But... You I don't think no, we we are no. these guys <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah but yeah but the, I mean they were a lot of fun and you know and we just hope that we're that we're gonna be able to work with them more in the future you know I mean I, I know that they're gonna gonna keep going on a, on a trajectory going up and I think we're kind of got a lot of momentum too so hopefully you know we get to cross paths at bigger and more mm-hmm.
4: bigger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, yeah. I was was also say
5: cool. too oh sorry yeah. uh I, I was just saying it was kind of cool like how it, since I'd like previously seen that I'm pretty sure we'd all seen them live before but you know i'd seen them like two three times live and like just you know then being able to like play with them was a cool like next step to know that we're going in the right direction kind of give us that little bit of inspiration too it was nice it was it was cool to be a
2: part of a production of that caliber yeah so oh can i say something yeah go
3: with this ramble festival in darlington maryland um they closed out the festival sunday night with like a, a it was them and dirty grass players or a, like a local um bluegrass band that's doing really well but uh they called it the dirty dogs and they had both bands up there in the barn closing out and we were we decided we wanted to do a late late night set in the dome that will has and we're sitting there it's two o'clock when they're set supposed to end right. We're like man, okay these guys are going two more hours go by and i'm just in awe that these guys played for like almost four hours in like yeah. 30 degree weather i'm like they they don't stop they they don't stop and then like i think they finished like riders on the storm and we're like okay th- that was it and then they <laughs> go like shake down for like 20 minutes or something it was it was insane they not only are they super professional, but they're extremely talented.
4: Yeah, and, can I, and can they're I just, jump in oh, on,
3: yeah. on that? please do, Will. Do it, Will. Um, yeah, so the dogs thing for me, like it was awesome. Just how like are saying great to be part of a production. I was just in awe of their team and I like could only hope that in a year or two we have
1: You know, the kind of road team that they do, the the amount of guys that are that dedicated to the cause and work so cohesively together. It was uh, very
4: inspiring for me, you know, not being a musician part of this project. That's all.
3: Yeah, that's very true. There uh, was so much there. Inspiring as the band. They they had a solid team.
0: So let's talk about upcoming shows for you know the next 6 months or anything past that that you can talk about or um that can be announced and then you know what can your fans and our audience expect for recording wise
2: all right well we got a uh, i think the 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 main one we would talk about right now would be uh, march 8th at the 8 by 10 um and so that'll be like that'll kind of be the kickoff of like our uh, our our show season Um Mm -hmm. as we're like we're gonna keep working on these recordings through February and stuff and kind of stay off the stage. Um if there's an opportunity to play, we'll do it. But uh March 8th at the 8x10 is gonna be like our our big show that we're looking forward to. And then I know we got uh another good Baltimore show, March 23rd at Power Plant Live as part of Maryland Day Festival. And also March 23rd we're going to be at Reckless Shepherd with the Fitsky Bros who I know you've interviewed before
0: great guys uh so talented I I don't know if you're familiar with them or if you've heard of them I just them
2: at the 8x10 with Melody Trucks like uh maybe a couple months ago yeah
0: yeah yeah they're they're killing it they're down in Florida I think right now i um, doing a little mini tour with with her so.
2: And even though yeah. they're not related to Derek Trucks, they look like they could be. <laughs> they all look like Derek Trucks.
0: <laughs> so funny, you're right. <laughs> I was so yep.
2: confused.
1: Then we also have um, we, we, we are uh, yeah, we're definitely in the process of, of doing a lot of uh, a lot of recording, you know, in the in the studio doing DIY stuff for TV. um. Looking forward to getting some some singles out. Hopefully, work towards uh, an EP release. Um, just just getting as much out as as, as we can. And, you know, like we, we 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 focused for a long time. You know, as we as we wanted to on um, the live perform on, on the shows and making sure that you know we're, we're we're doing enough live and 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 we're and we're planning once a month or you know, however much we can. But now we're definitely getting it ready. Just, just get a lot out on um spotify apple music um hopefully Bandcamp. if if we can get it together um some some live stuff so yeah, so, so definitely i would say just just keep on the lookout for for some for some singles um and hopefully working up to an ep and yeah and we're just going to definitely just going to try to keep keep on pressing record and seeing what we can get
0: so I want to talk about four songs that you guys do. Um in particular, um first Something on Her Mind. How did that song come about? Um like the evolution of that song. I would love I'm fascinated by Okay. <laughs> something
2: on Her Mind. Uh, a lot of the songs I don't know. I don't know where to start on this one like well, something on her mind was sorry, this. be like I think of, it started out with a Wyatt baseline and No,
1: it, I remember, I remember what it was. Okay, I you remember, I remember that I was it was one day at college our senior year I was I was downstairs in our basement in our in our practice room and I was just I remember it was one of those days that you were just upstairs practicing keep I was down
2: Keep it brief. Practicing. Keep it brief.
1: No, it's okay. I remember I was downstairs and I was downstairs and I and I was practicing and I, and I, and I like learned like a bass, and I you know came up with a bass line that i liked and i was like oh this is really cool and i was like i want to show luke and i remember i ran upstairs i was like luke, luke look, look i got this bass line and he goes wait like before that let me show you what i just came up with and then he showed me the melody line the do 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 and and i and, and he showed me all that and i was just sitting there like wow like mind blown because i was like he's like all right like show me what you have and i was like okay and i showed him and it was and it was this, and it was based that i just came up with and he's like and then i was just like and then we just kind of had that moment of like, wait a second, let's do it together. And then we did both of those lines together and it was, and that's what the song is now. Like that's, that's the instrument that's, you know, and it was just really funny how I came up with that. And you came up with that Luke at the same time, but in different parts of the house. And then we just kind of came together at the same time. We're like, look at what we have. And I don't know if we were like, I don't even it. remember
2: that, but that's a pretty cool story. I like it.
1: Yeah. You don't remember that?
2: <laughs> Again, I remember lyrically lyrically it was called uh it lyrically now like the whole it used to be called Susie because it talks mm-hmm. about this this character Susie um but oh, be- yeah. way before that it was uh it was called Hedgehogs <laughs>
4: uh, I mean, and the yeah. only lyrics was hedgehogs
2: are hedgehogs, uh, friends yeah it was such a stupid it was yeah it was
5: hedgehogs are friends
2: Hedgehogs are friends yeah uh, but, but then like I don't know it, the lyrics of that like I don't know they follow the story of like this this run down girl around town named Susie. Uh and like the I think the idea of it is like that I don't know on the eastern shore, like in the city of Salisbury, in certain areas, there are these these run down looking uh people. <laughs> and and you know, they're hanging by the the payphone that doesn't it's not even connected to the thing anymore. And like, you know, it was kind of like we're just writing about somebody that we had seen and that somebody who lives in any city has probably seen which is like you know that that susie character that all Suze, you know you see her at the liquor store and she's uh i don't know nobody knows what she's up to i call but her she's course. always got something on her mind yeah <laughs> I, I
3: call her tammy in baltimore yeah <laughs> <laughs> well look and look
1: I, I remember we had different lyrics for that but then i remember like after a show one night we like got into an argument over like oh like like why can't we just write new lyrics and and then uh, and then i remember you were like fine like you, you want new lyrics you do it i was like fine we took, yeah. we took
2: a huge break from the song we were like this song sucks <laughs> like yeah. lyrically, like it's and but i remember and, we were like one we were day like, like, we just like we crapped out a bunch of lyrics uh yeah, remember remember like I you know down. what we're not changing them this is how it's going to stay yeah
1: yeah <laughs> yeah and, and i remember I, I remember i sat down I, I, and, and like in and like five minutes i'm like here here's your lyrics and it was the it was that first verse and then you were like ooh like that's not bad. And, and I remember you took it and you're like, and you wanted to write lyrics too, but like, you didn't want to like override what I wrote. So then you wrote the second verse.
2: And I remember, yeah, and kind of just like traded it off first for, for the verse. And I remember like, uh, I remember it was, I don't know. I, I like, I remember like still after writing those lyrics being like, Oh, but it's not really about anything attached yeah. to our real life. It's about like, uh, this fictitious character that is an observation of our surrounding. Yeah. Yeah. But that also taught me that like that's fine. That's that can be what a song is. A song is like a time capsule of right. uh, an area of which you were in. For us, it was like writing songs about the surroundings in Salisbury, uh, right. which happened to be like a lot of scroungy, sketchy people.
0: <laughs> so then what about find myself? I want to hear about the story behind find myself.
2: Why take it away.
1: So so I wrote find myself, um, back in, um, 20, I guess it was 20. This was 2022. I guess it was two years ago. Um, and I wrote it about a, uh, an ex I had <laughs> and I, you know, I just kind of wrote, I, I, I remember, I remember I was living with Jake and Luke and I remember like I would come home and I'd be so upset every day and, because of this big breakup I had with this, with this girl. And I, and then I remember like, they're like, "Hi, w- 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 why don't you just stop, you know, complaining about hey, it. Uh, write thing about it. Groupies in the waiting room. Anybody let him in? I'm He's calling me. Sorry. Well, well. Dude, no, you're, you're
2: messing up his breakup story, dude. <laughs> <Well,
1: laughs> Bring ah, back, back bad memories. And, yeah. And well, I, one I,
2: song I, with meaning. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember. I just I wrote it about that breakup because I just I was just tired of just complaining about it every day. So I was like, I you know nobody wants to hear me complain about this, about this breakup over and over again. So I was like, I might as well just you know get something good out of it. And and that's when I wrote it down and wrote find myself and um and and I wrote it and and I remember I was pretty proud of it because it was it was it was from a place of true passion, you know, not just me writing about like funnel cake or something like, or something stupid or like, or, or, or like hedgehog or, or like hedgehogs. You know, like it was, it was something like that. Actually, It was like, it was, it was one of the songs I wrote that actually, you know, I wrote in a place of, in a place of deep emotion and in a place of, in a place of sorrow. Cause you know, a, a lot of songs I listen to are old country and like, you know, sad songs. And I really resonate a lot with sad songs and, and, and when I, when I write songs for fun and just to like have fun with it, like they're just so stupid. But then, but then when I write songs about like from my actual emotions and like something I'm passionate about, whether it's be sad or happy, like then then I find some 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 good stuff. And I think find myself was one of those that uh, I, I sort of just took from a place of pain and just turned into into you know um a good song.
2: I and I remember like when you first shared those lyrics because they're personal lyrics. Uh, and when you first shared them with me, like it was a it was a jump up in our lyrics of like uh in that it it instantly had meaning I instantly knew what it was about uh and they were good lyrics and I and I and I really digged them Mm um and then and then the tune kind of takes off into this like big breakbeat jam you know which is supposed to you know kind of be your thoughts like you know the Everything you're thinking about, you know, and stuff, and uh, and I remember that being a really rough time for you, Wyatt. And so I'm glad, I'm glad you got that song out, man. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, and
1: also, like, I've, I've, um, I've always been, I've always thought that's important to write about your own experiences, you know. It's and 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 what better than a breakup, you know? And like, lately, I've I've been thinking about songs I want to write. A
2: song about a breakup? (laughs) You're kidding.
1: But like you know, I've been thinking lately about about the songs I want to write, and I'm thinking about like you know, like I want to write this song, but have I experienced that truly? Like like for instance, I want to write a union song, a song about a union, really bad, but I've never been in a union. And Luke, you you have, so I'm like kind of breathing down to, I'm kind of breathing down your throat, like or down your neck, like write, like,
2: write a like, union like, blues, man.
1: You write a union. Have song? I really
2: like, experienced riding the, on the storm? I mean, I
1: attempted. <laughs> it, it's not gonna come yeah, from play experience it's just gonna come from what, you know, it's gonna come from King Harvest, you know, from, from the band. <laughs> it's not gonna be my own experience of a union. It's gonna be um something else. So I yeah, I think it's super important to to write about like and you know, same same with Susie. Like Susie or I guess something on her mind. Like that's 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 from our experience. That's from us walking around Salisbury and seeing somebody with with you know, someone like Susie, you know, and somebody who is just down on their luck and I don't think we would have been able to write that if we didn't have that experience of living in Salisbury and just seeing that every day.
0: Yeah, you write what you know. Yeah, definitely. So, what about Pie Fry? <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so that's so that's a song I wrote.
2: Another Wyatt dude, one, dude.
1: It's just a stupid. Yeah,
2: I'm picking all the Wyatts. Uh, okay, before 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 you go into this. Like, with Find Myself, I don't know, me and Wyatt, like, were the main lyric and songwriters, especially in college, and, like, we would do a pretty good job of, like, bouncing ideas off of each other and, like, bouncing lyrics, and we do a pretty good job of, like, letting each other know, like nah, man, that's like really stupid (laughs) or like, like, you know, that's, that's trying too hard or that's trying to be too emotional or stuff. And it was like, when I heard find myself, I was like, wow, that's different. That's like, uh, like coming from somewhere. That's really dope. But then like when I remember that it wasn't that long ago, he came in the room with pie fry. Um, and when we asked him to try and like explain it, he really couldn't come up with a good explanation <laughs> yeah. and the song but the song was so the, so the song was i'm sure he won't even give you a good explanation now but the song is so silly and jarring that i was like you know what dude i know where we, you're i know what you're trying to do and i'm gonna trust you to to we power this through and he did it we so got a
3: story. it just took like a week for him to be able to like But it's still there. still it it doesn't make make sense why why explain this? No, 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 no. I I Mm -hmm. know the story. It's it's about funnel cake and why, right, when you were a kid, you were uh you had the the carnival and you're like, how do fries turn to pie? Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Funnel cakes aren't made out of potatoes. There's a misunderstanding of an (laughs) infantile brain.
3: (laughs) Why you 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 do
1: it? I was just well, like I I wrote it. I, I started with that with that line the bow down down dow, dow, and I was just playing around with lyrics and so when I wrote it I didn't have any idea of what I was doing I was just playing around with words that sounded cool and
2: um you did write the lyrics over a period of weeks of us playing it live you would change them like yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah and and honestly like I didn't even know what the what the story behind it was until somebody until I wrote it all and somebody's like what like what? Like what does this mean? And I'm like, I don't know. And I was like, maybe I should figure out what, what I mean. So and and and, and then eventually I, you know, whether this is actually true or not, like I definitely got, I definitely found like my my meaning towards the song, which is when I was a kid, um, I would just go to the, I went to the Harford County Farm Fair a lot, and I would, and that's, and I would always get funnel cakes. But I remember when I was a young kid, like I didn't exactly know what funnel cakes was, so i I, because it looked, it looked like. It looked like a pie but then it also looked like a bunch of little fries frosting on them, and and you know hence the name pie fry and so in in the in the verse i'll be i'll be saying like um i'm i'm almost talking to my i'm almost talking to myself as a kid i'm, I'm like or not talking to myself as a kid see i don't even know like talking, the talking, talking uh, as you're, you're
2: telling a story yeah you're You're telling a a story of a child who doesn't know any better who doesn't yeah i don't know i think
1: it's it's important i think it's important for any band and any song that the lyrics mean something different to whoever is listening to it in that moment i think it's really important that you know what even though i could sit here and i could come up with an explanation what to why i wrote the song i think it's important that whoever whoever listens to it brings their own meaning and what it means for themselves you know and so high fry might not even be a funnel cake to somebody or might not even be a pie or fry at all to somebody it could be a metaphor you know to somebody else or it could just be words that sound good together but i don't know i think it's important
2: i I wasn't sure if that was going to catch on that tune like i I, we did it and we were like this is kind of cool this kind of new um but then like the other day at the dog show it's it's in the set list nobody knew that though and like from five rows back after one of the songs, somebody's like, Bye Fry, Bye Fry. <laughs> and I was like, All right. <laughs> it's it's people are digging it, you know. But I also have so many people come up to me and they're like, dude, what are the lyrics to that? Like nobody knows that it's it's kind of fun at this level when you don't when you don't have lyrics on Google, it's like a word of mouth of like, hey man, do you know what they're saying? You know, like
3: <laughs> I thought you were saying uh in Rose Drive, pickled ripe tomatoes. Yeah, and I texted him. I'm like, dude, what are pickled tomatoes? Am I missing out on this thing? But no, he's saying pick a ripe, pick a ripe tomato.
2: Yeah, I love lyrical misunderstandings, man. Monty Green. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Speaking of that, I uh, I have I only had one friend that got tickets to that, and it's like $500 for four days. Like that seems a little steep.
2: Yeah, I'm going to get a payment plan, but I'll be there. Are oh, you going? I'll yeah. be there.
4: Yep, I got my ticket. I'm so excited. And it, it is that is steep, but if, man, when you think about it, you're talking about the best of the best of like who does what we do, right? We're talking about the Hall of Fame Jammers and like just to see them do what they're about to do for four days straight their own festival i'm pretty sure no other bands are billed right it's just them so it's like that's so impressive and just to go see that and be a part of that i'm i'm just
3: trying to i think we're we're playing too (laughs) well yeah
4: Yeah. not (laughs) build yeah but we'll be in the campgrounds you can find us
2: Man, if it was 1981 and the dead were throwing a festival, I'd be there. You know, uh, yeah. Like, how can you miss that? I think
3: we're going to be bringing the dome out. So, wow, we okay. can get the logistics down. Maybe we'll just yeah, come to the campground.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah. no, that's going to be that's going to be a big project that I know is going to bring the best out of the team. Like last year was a lot of uh, everybody pushing themselves, and it was a lot of out of our comfort zone us going to a festival and setting up essentially a renegade stage is going to be a huge collaborative team effort that is just going to make everyone stronger. And, uh, most of their, the nieces and nephews are going already. And then that group's just going to grow
4: after the vibes
1: that the band puts out
4: at night. It's,
1: uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it. Definitely going to be a lot of work, but, uh, up for the challenge. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Reserve your RV now. I'm getting word that the fish team
2: is already working on shutting it down.
0: (laughs) Well, gentlemen, this has been so much fun. I hope it's been as much fun for you as it has been for me. Um, Best of luck. Uh, I hope to see you guys soon live. Uh, If it's not that Maryland day show, maybe that eight by 10 show. A question for you. Where are you located? I am in uh Lidditz, Pennsylvania. So I am okay, dude, cool. I'm in Baltimore. I, I have the same sentiment for Baltimore as you guys do. I love yeah. the city of Baltimore. I there's mm-hmm. I've always had a great experience. I missed I miss Sonar. I miss Hammerjacks. Yeah. I miss yeah. like I miss like the uh sanctity of Inner Harbor. Oh yeah. Oh, but yeah. um, you know, other than that, like i i you know. It's, I love the city. Yeah. Like everything that you said about it is, I completely agree. So
3: Liditz has that, uh, that big, uh, AV warehouse. That's
0: how, yeah, Claire Global, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Beebs was in town. Um, yeah, we've gotten a lot of, we've gotten a lot of, uh, celebrities as, and musicians that have come into town. So yeah. They okay. do a lot of next, uh, cutting, cutting edge stuff up there. It's cool. Yes, they do yes they do yeah it's like a whole complex and then they have um their own little like venue called mickey's black box um that's (laughs) state of the art it's it's pretty ridiculous so yeah but anyway yeah again thank you guys so much will thanks for hopping on as well um and yeah guys go see these guys live support them any way you can do you guys have merch at all shirts t-shirts anything like that
2: yeah, but you got to come to the show. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Uh, they might be it might be online later this year.
0: Okay. Sweet, <laughs> excellent. Well, thank you again. As always, you've been great. I've been dog. This <laughs> is the Music Lab <laughs> Dog.
3: Podcast. Thanks, dog.
0: dog. Thanks, dog. Appreciate it. You're the man. Let me just.